Hi, everybody. Content warning for this episode. As you can see from the title, this entire episode is about infertility. We talk about our experiences with it, including fertility treatments and IUI. We also talk about sex as it relates to fertility. So if any of these topics are sensitive for you, um, please feel free to listen to a different episode. And now let's get into it. Hey, I'm Savannah. And I'm Audie, and with a Plethos. We're here talking about simplifying our life, growing and loving our family, and learning about the world. And today we're talking about infertility advice. So, I was going to mention something. <laughs> I need to see your face. <laughs> right now, Savannah has a blanket over her head, kind of like a hoodie. Yeah. To make the sound better from her mic. Yeah, her it, phone. Might, it might be working. I, I don't think know. it is. Also, we're in our PJs. PJ Fest. Yeah, today's cozy time. Yeah. Because it's almost close to bedtime. It is. <laughs> it's close to bedtime. <sighs> well. You know who I think is doing cool things on the internet besides uh-oh. us? No. Is this considered the internet? Technically. Okay. Yeah. Hank and John Green. Who are they? <laughs> who are they? <laughs> the Green Brothers. The Green Brothers. Yeah. Not to be mistaken by the the bagel brothers you know noah's bagels you didn't choose the, to say another the, color no the einstein bros actually i thought you were gonna mind. say like okay i thought you were gonna say like the blue brothers or the red brothers oh uh, <laughs> that would have been funnier yeah uh not to be mistaken with the red brothers yeah good joke <laughs> anyway yeah don't they kind of just strike you as like different than other youtubers yeah like, they just seem kind of, you know, down to earth and... Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, they seem pretty down to earth to me. Do they really? Well, I mean, you have to imagine that they have so much money, oh, but yeah. they don't seem like guys that have so much money. That's uh, true. And they are raising a lot of money for really good causes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Anyway... <laughs> Wait, so... That's all I have to say about it. That's all you have to say about them? Yeah, it's just that I just watched this video. First of all, how quaint is it that they still have their Vlogbrothers channel Mm -hmm. where they just like mess around and they always address their videos to each other? You're like, good morning, Hank. Good morning, John. (laughs) Um, But I just watched this video from John that was... they've Mm -hmm. They've been doing YouTube for 15 years. Wow. And so he was talking about like one of the best things that's come from their 15 years on YouTube, and that was building this community. They have almost raised $25 million. Wow. Their goal was to decrease the maternal and infant mortality rate in Mm -hmm. Sierra Leone, Uh which I'm not sure exactly where that is, but it's like, I believe, a third world country. Yeah. And yeah, and so they've been working on this for years, and they've almost raised $25 million. Wow. And I guess they've exceeded like their goal or they've gotten there a lot faster than they were expecting to. Yeah. He was just talking about how like, that's pretty much the best thing that's like come from what they've done mm-hmm. and how, you know, just speaks to like the community Yeah, and all that. And they like, they often do projects and things where a hundred percent of the proceeds are going to this organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I just, I have got a lot of respect for those guys. Yeah. That's they're awesome. The two internet dads. They're the they're the yin to Rhett and Link's yang, you know? <laughs> I guess. They're out here just doing <laughs> Rhett and Link are like doing ridiculous stuff. 
Yeah. And they're doing like some ridiculous stuff, but more also serious stuff. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, what I really brought you here today to talk about before the actual thing I brought you to talk about. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me here, by the way. Yeah. I have this story that (laughs) (laughs) what you guys don't know is that I have to convince Audie to do this with me every week. I'm just kidding. If anything, it's the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) um but i was reminded of this story that i haven't told on the podcast today Yeah, that's true so we were at a starbucks as Mm -hmm. we often are Mm -hmm. where you can often find us Mm. yeah find us at your local local starbucks and we were setting some goals yeah for 2022 yeah and one of my goals it had to do with like increasing my fluency in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking about that and like how I want to go about doing that, mm-hmm. which reminded me of <laughs> maybe like two and a half, three years ago, uh-huh. I, I was looking for a, a Spanish class. I was trying to figure out if there's a class I could take, like maybe at the college that was in our town mm-hmm. or somewhere else nearby. Mm-hmm. So I was I was googling, and I was looking, you know, to try to figure out where some like Spanish classes near me were. Yeah. And then it didn't seem like there were any like actual classes that seemed really accessible. And so yeah. then I was looking at like Spanish tutors. Yeah. And so I'm just like searching for a long time, mm-hmm. and <laughs> finally, <laughs> I, I get to this one like Google search result mm-hmm. that says care.com. Spanish tutors near you. Uh-huh. I click on it, and the first thing that pops up says Audi Polito. Which is me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was cracking up yeah. because I went through this whole search for all this stuff, and then I was like, oh, he's sitting right here beside me. Just hanging out with you. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, this was all for nothing. It's so I funny. I could have just turned to you and said, hey, can you teach me Spanish? Yeah. And I would have said, $25 an hour. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we were just reminded of that today when I was looking for yeah. a Spanish tutor. And I was like, oh, I already got one built in. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So let's get done to some uh, some stuff. <laughs> okay. Drum roll, please. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. So we've titled this episode, Infertility Advice from the Trenches. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Yeah. I really wanted to make this episode at this time because Mm -hmm. we are definitely in the trenches, in the thick of going through infertility. Yeah. And there's a lot that I think we've learned and a lot of things that we're still learning. Mm -hmm. And so... As with a lot of episodes that are kind of like this, Mm -hmm. I think there's two goals. I think the first one is to help and encourage people who are in the same position. Mm -hmm. And the second is to maybe bring some knowledge and understanding to people who aren't in this position. Yeah. Right? So really, I just kind of sat down and wrote down a bunch of things that were coming to mind of like things that I have learned, things mm-hmm. that I would want people to say to me, and things that people have said to me that have been really helpful during these past two years of trying to conceive and then yeah. the past nine or ten months of mm-hmm. really intensely going through infertility treatment. Right. So, again, 
we really wanted to do this now because there's times when it's really helpful to hear about infertility from someone who is quote unquote on the other side of it. And I don't, Right. There is not really an other side of it. It's always, I think, part of your story. Mm-hmm. But I, what I mean is from somebody who has gone on to like get pregnant and have a baby. Right. Sometimes that can actually be really encouraging. Sometimes it can be really difficult and kind of hard mm-hmm. to hear from people who have just been dealing with this for like years and years and years and never got pregnant. And so I wanted to just kind of make this now mm-hmm. and knowing that like we're still very hopeful for the future, mm-hmm. um, but we are really, you know, in the thick of it right now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So without further ado, I think we should get into it. I have seven points here, pieces of advice. Yeah. About going gonna, through infertility. And yeah. there's going to be a part, uh, two-parter. Yes, so I forgot. the first part, and then next week we'll have part two. Yeah. So yeah. this first part really focuses mostly on the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two people who are dealing with the infertility yeah. and, and this is just, you know, advice mm-hmm. for you that hopefully would be helpful. So for number one, I wrote down the initial realization that you're going through infertility sucks. So let yourself process it how you need to and call it what you want. Yeah. And this more than anything is just an acknowledgement that realizing the kind of moment or time of realization that infertility is part of your life and part of your story is horrible. And I think this can be so different Mm -hmm. from person to person. I think for some people this happens in a doctor's office, you know, as they're told, as they're given test results, telling them that, there's something going on that's going to make it really difficult for you to have children or, you know, running different tests and not being able to find out why right. you can't get pregnant. There, You know, there's so many different ways this can happen, but it can also be a really slow process mm-hmm. because as far as I know, I think I'm saying this correctly, you are considered like dealing with infertility or having infertility if you have been trying to conceive for a year Mm -hmm. and have not had any success. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about it that way, that's like a year of slowly realizing and slowly getting closer and closer to this like scary thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, for us, that's kind of what it was. Um, I've, we've shared this story before, but for us, it was just having, you know, knowing that there was something going on in my body and mm-hmm. not having consistent menstrual cycles. And so realizing that, yeah, we're probably not going to be able to get pregnant, but we're still going to try. Yeah. Just having that go on for over a year mm-hmm. and then finally seeking out help and re- and being told, you know, yeah, like this is considered infertility. Right. Yeah. And so that realization, it was slow. I think for me. Yeah. And then when I finally kind of admitted it to myself, it was just really difficult because you, I think we hear a lot about infertility and um, because it is a very prevalent issue Yeah, that a lot of people face. But yeah, I think that just realizing that you're one of them is is so hard. Mm -hmm. And so the advice part of this is just 
like I said, just process it how you need to and realize that it's okay to to be sad and to grieve just having to like call it that, having to mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. that next step of seeking out fertility mm-hmm. treatment or whatever you decide to do. Mm-hmm. It's okay to to grieve that if you need to. Yeah. And to you know, call it whatever you want to, you know, right. refer to it however you need to and yeah. and just know that 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 moment of realization even if it isn't like a super significant moment, it can be really, really hard. Right, yeah. Okay, number two, I wanted to get this in early, is <laughs> just say no to the guilt game. And this one is pretty simple, but just don't let yourself go down the path of thinking that this is your fault. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Um, it's really difficult, I think, not to. And I imagine that most people going through it face that at some point, the temptation to just blame yourself and feel like it's your own fault Mm -hmm. because it's your Mm -hmm. body. And I think something that you might not realize if you haven't experienced it is that one of the parts about it that's so frustrating is that this is one of the things that our bodies are designed to be able to do with zero help. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to be as natural as like breathing, right? <laughs> not really breathing, but you know, it's supposed <laughs> to be as natural as so many other things we do walking, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and to have your body just not do it right. for whatever reason yeah, is so difficult and it's so frustrating. And so it's really easy to look back and blame yourself and think, well, if I had done this or if I had, you know, done less of that right, or whatever, then maybe it wouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is that the vast majority of the time, that's not true. And even if there is an element of truth to it, there's no good that comes from d- dwelling on that and blaming yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I think most of the time, there's no real way to know anyway. Mm-hmm. So that is just something that you need to, I think, reject early and mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. and just make sure that when that, when those thoughts start to come in that you, you know, try to do whatever you need to, to get rid of them. That's very true. I can't remember if I've shared this before, but you know, for me, I think being a person with a larger body has definitely exacerbated that mm-hmm. tendency towards guilt Yeah, and feeling like, oh, well, maybe this is my fault. You know, if I was thinner, would I be going through this? And the reality is that there's no way for me to know that. Mm -hmm. But I know that there are thin people who deal with infertility and there are larger people who get pregnant. So there's no point and there's no reason for me to dwell on, well, what if I had done this or done that? Right. So. Yeah. Just say no to the guilt. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important. I think this is a, one of the biggest things, advice, you know, that, that we have that you wrote down. And it just, it really feeds into a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And that could just affect your, your physical body. Yeah. Just mentally just shut you down and, and feel like giving up and everything. So I think that to identify the guilt and the shame right away would be good mm-hmm. and to call that out and to 
replace those thoughts or words with um, positive things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but to identify like that, that's guilt or that's shame talking. Yeah. It's easy to put the shame and the guilt on us um, all the time and say, well, you know, I did this, I messed up and whatnot. But to be aware of that and to know what, what can you do to surround yourself with like positivity, you know, with either books or videos or uh, people, I think it's very important to to identify that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, who could I go to, or what could I go to that that would uh, replace the, those guilty thoughts or shame? Yeah, with positive things, like I said. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number three. Everything about infertility feels cyclical, and it's okay to let your feelings cycle too. So this was one of the things that I kind of realized fairly early on mm-hmm. with going through infertility and especially going through infertility treatments is that it's so cyclical, obviously. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just frustratingly so that you can just really start to dread um, certain times uh, you know, of the month, certain times in the process, in the cycle, because it's just a, this constant cycling of hope and then devastation, and then hope, and then devastation. And so it's so natural for your feelings, you know, to go through that cycle. And then also, I think sometimes it's go- your feelings are going to go up and down and change in ways that that don't necessarily make sense, and you don't necessarily expect. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to just feel those feelings. And one of the best pieces of advice I think I've gotten is is that, is just to when you're feeling hopeful to let yourself feel that hope and you know, whether that's carving a little bit of time out to think about the future and what it might look like Mm -hmm. to, to have a baby, Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, to buy like one baby item or something with that hope of that -hmm. you might get to use it one day for your, for your baby. Yeah. And then, and the times when you're just sad and feeling hopeless mm-hmm. to also just allow yourself to feel those feelings and not right. think that you have to like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, yeah. um, you know, suck it up buttercup <laughs> type of a thing, <laughs> but that it's okay to also feel those really dark and deep emotions too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Number four, uh, this might be one of the most practical pieces of advice on this list, and that is figure out what works for you and it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. So what I mean by this is, again, it's extremely hard going through all of this. Like everything about it is really difficult. So figure out the things that make it just the tiniest bit easier Mm -hmm. for you to deal with. So for us, um, some of the things, just as an example, and this is going to be different from person to person, but I found that... I always use multiple types of ovulation tests when I'm testing for ovulation. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessary. That's not something that any doctor is going to tell you to do. But I found that that is what gave me the most peace of mind in trying to figure out when ovulation was happening, which is obviously a super important part of fertility treatment. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I found just made the whole process the tiniest fraction easier yeah. of just knowing like, okay, 
this is what I do. Right. This is the, yeah. these are the tests I take. We spend more money on it than we could. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we were only buying one type of ovulation test. Yeah. But that's just one thing that, that we do to, you know, to mm-hmm. ease a little bit of that stress. Yeah. Another thing it, that we've talked about briefly before is staying at a hotel the night before doing an IUI. Yeah. And that was something that, in a way, actually has more to do with you. Me. <laughs> and I think that we, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Audie. Uh, I think that we talked about this. So hopefully you feel fine, you know, sharing about this again. But yeah. They basically told you that you, you're, because of where we lived in relation to the fertility clinic, that you would have to produce your sample there at the clinic. Yeah. And that was something that you didn't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so we just decided, okay, we're just going to, instead of dealing with that and like the stress of that, that we're going to stay in a hotel yeah. so that we would be closer and then you would be able to just bring it in. Yeah. That's something we talked about. Like you said, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And even the doctor was like, well, that's kind of the one of the only options. Yeah. Uh, unless you live really close. So right. then the idea sparked of, of us staying in a hotel, like super close, mm-hmm. because that would be within an hour of like the sample. And, yeah. And for them, they had to then get ready. Yes. Right. To do the IUI procedure. So I was like, let's just stay in a hotel, even though it is ex- expensive. <laughs> you know, you have <laughs> yeah. to pay and, um, and we did it three times mm-hmm. right yeah um, so actually four times because four we times. also did it for the um the test the initial like oh i was already counting that okay so four times four times total oh, okay. yeah yeah so once to to make sure my sperm is is good mm-hmm. healthy and then the, the three times for three iuis yeah so we did that and um you know that that made sense to me and to us and mm-hmm. you know you you were on board with that too so I think that's something that was helpful. That that that's an option if you feel really comfortable doing that, then then go for it. You know, that was really good for me. Yeah. So that was again something that like nobody would have suggested or yeah. told us to do, <laughs> but we just figured out like, okay, how are we going to make this work for us mm-hmm. and our ourselves and our mm-hmm. story? You know. And then the last example I have here for this is just my process of figuring out when to take pregnancy tests Mm -hmm. and I listened to you know a lot of advice and watched a lot of YouTube videos and stuff about like when is the best time to Mm -hmm. to test and I think I started out uh, you know first few times the first few times I think I was testing kind of as soon as I could yeah and it was really hard seeing Mm -hmm. negatives and then I would like wait and test a couple days later and then it was still negative of course and um, and so then I started thinking for the next cycle, I was like, well, that was super hard. So yeah. I'm not going to test until like the last day when it could possibly mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. you know, like when it's getting super close to when I would expect my period. Yeah. And, and I thought that like, oh, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I did that, I think for maybe like two cycles. Yeah. And I realized this is horrible mm. because I realized that every day that was passing, yeah, my brain was starting to convince me more and more like oh maybe you are pregnant oh maybe you are pregnant because every single day that was passing i was like oh i still haven't gotten my period i still haven't gotten my period maybe i'm pregnant 
and then to just get my period on that like final day yeah was so devastating Mm -hmm. and i realized okay for me and this is again so personal but for me it was a lot easier to test early yeah and be like okay it's a negative i'll Mm -hmm. test again in like a day or two okay it's still a negative it's very very likely that i'm not pregnant and then it in a way it was like kind of easing into the realization yeah. instead of just getting my hope built and built and built and then come crashing down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say like, there's no, there really is no set prescription for how to do any of this. Yeah. And so figure out what works for you and it does not have to make sense to anybody else. Yeah. My next two are directed at the partner of the person going through infertility And so this one is that for the partners of people going through infertility, you know, just remember that you are going through infertility too. I think this is something for, for you to remember and also for people around you Mm -hmm. to remember that it's not just your wife who's going through it. Like you are too. Right. So I don't know if you have anything that you want to share about the ways that you have just kind of, I don't know, just sort of overall how you've dealt with things and how you've, and kind of your process and everything. Um, Because I think that we obviously talk about my perspective a lot, but, you know, you're going through it too. Yeah. It was really hard to see you um, just break down and and cry, Um, especially times when you would get your period, Mm -hmm. when either the period would beat you to it before taking the the last or the first pregnancy test in those couple of months. Because there was that hope building up too, of just like, oh, possibly this could be it. I yeah. have a feeling, you know, and and having that gut feeling, and um, and just being hopeful that that would happen um, to us and to you, that would suck. And I did break down a couple of times, but most of the time I was comforting you, mm-hmm. and I think that's. Like, it allowed me, when you were very sad, it allowed me to just focus on comforting you. But I still, like, let my feelings be my feelings. Yeah. And that's another thing that I don't think we mentioned is that you shouldn't feel sad because you don't feel sad. You know? Right. That's true. Like, if you're expecting for you to be devastated, uh, crying and weeping over this certain thing that happened or didn't happen, um, like, it's okay. It's okay to feel what you feel. Yeah. Right? Even if you don't feel anything, it's okay Mm -hmm. to have just silence. So, I was just, it was just very hard because, also, because, well, I felt like I couldn't do anything. You know, the, yeah. the, the, um, seeing you physically in pain and I was like, well, like, I wish I could take whatever you like for me to, to go through this, you mm-hmm. know, like, like physically and just carry that, the, those burdens, you know, um, instead of you having yeah. to deal with that. And it was really hard also just thinking like, well, I feel like useless sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and but I know at the end that like I wasn't being useless and yeah. we encouraged each other up and, and everything. And uh, yeah, I think that also, um, even though my sperm was pretty good um, and healthy, it, it still like was a bummer because just think like, well, all these opportunities where we didn't get pregnant, it's like, well, was, was the, was something off too? Or like what, it was it too late, you know, or like the, was the sperm not fast enough? Like, yeah. well, what can I do as well to to make this, like, 
for us to have a baby. Right? The one thing I think is really interesting about like the male side of it is that it's a lot more quantifiable. Right. Which yeah. is interesting. I think it's like in some yeah. ways it's nice and mm-hmm. in other ways it's mm-hmm. probably very like a lot of pressure. It really because is. Because I think yeah. with me, at least in my specific situation, it's kind of like we just don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, we know you're ovulating now. This is, you know, we're doing everything we can. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, okay, we just have to let it happen. Yeah. But with you, it's very specific of like, okay, let me give you the numbers. Like, this is the sperm count. This is the, uh, I think Mm -hmm. it's motility. This is the, you know, like the volume, everything. This is how like healthy they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's very like black and white when Mm -hmm. it comes to that side of things. And it is. I think that that is probably a a little scary. (laughs) Yeah, and so the the that morning of us being in the hotel, and it was just very nerve wracking. Yeah, because I was thinking, well, this is it. Like, I need to give him my best. I <laughs> find a way to yeah. to do it. And it's like, well, you can't really control. You know, you yeah. don't have much control over stuff and the, the volume of the sperm. But it was really stressful. Um, so one bonus advice I would give is to to try to relax and to take it easy, mm-hmm. especially during those times. Like, uh, well, that, I'm specifically talking about those nights when you, um, you and your wife are, are trying. Yeah. Um, when you and your partner are trying. Yeah. So like, I think, so those times we did IUI, there was one time that was a little under the, the, um, the average, the, the, the goal. Right. And, and just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, especially that time I was like, man, well, I could have could have done something else, you know, better to to make it go up there, you know. Right, and at that point, there's nothing that you, you know? can do. So it's it's just like it's one of the things that I would, you know, looking back, I would say, yeah, like try to relax and have a, just have sex, have a good time, you know. Yeah. And, and and that's that's what sex is like. It's to time to to have fun. Okay, number six, and this is kind of my advice for partners. But from me. (laughs) And so my advice is to learn, learn, learn. Mm -hmm. And so learn as much as you can about the process uh, because infertility feels so lonely. And so don't let your partner feel like she's carrying it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something that I think I did a pretty good job of communicating to you early on. Yeah. Is that I felt a lot less alone and a lot more supported when you knew the ins and outs of mm-hmm. like what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I kind of educated you in some ways and you did, yeah. And talked a lot about like, you know, let's talk about like the menstrual cycle and this right. is how yeah. these things work and this is how and this is ovu- what ovulation means and not that you didn't know anything but really like getting into and I didn't at the beginning yeah obviously it didn't yeah yeah but yeah we you know talking about like you know j- there's just so much information that you mm-hmm. learn also about um you know your fertile window and how that's so much longer than just like one day but it's also a lot mm-hmm. shorter than you might expect that you can't just get pregnant any day of the month right. and that the timing matters a lot and you know, and then beyond that, learning about all, just all of the language and everything around specifically infertility, infertility treatments, talking about, you know, the IUI and also all of the hormones mm-hmm. and like, okay, I'm going to get my progesterone tested and how does an yeah. ovulation test work and, you know, measuring the different things and yeah. and all of that. It helped me so much for you to to learn about it and to know what was going on. Um, you know, and even being there when I did the 
the HSG test, checking mm-hmm. my tubes and having you know like, okay, this is what we're going to find out and this is what this means. This is the significance of it. Yes. Um, because I think, yeah, just thinking about the alternative of feeling like I was carrying the weight of all of that. You know, if I had felt like I was carrying the weight of all that and I was just kind of telling you like, okay, this is when we have to have sex. Like yes. <laughs> that's not, that feels very, that would feel really heavy and very yeah. much like I was just alone. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it was really good to talk about stuff and asking questions. I think it's very key, you know, it's a key yeah. to this and uh, communi- communicating to the other person that uh, vocally like, that you're in it too, you know, and that you know stuff and that, or that you're curious about stuff, right? And mm-hmm. and, and so that's how I learned by, by you, by us talking and you telling me how things work and and also feel really good when you start telling, trying to explain something to me that I already knew. I'm like, oh yeah, I already know this. Like yeah. I know the procedure of an IUI. I know um, what it is now. I know the next thing would be this other procedure and this and that. Yeah, I think it's it's cool to do that and, and, and learn together. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember sure. when yeah, we were about to do our first IUI and I kind of forgot about this, but yeah, you just reminded me how you were telling me like, oh yeah, this part of it might be really painful yeah. or, you know, this this is when how this happens. And yeah. so having you like already know that yeah. was actually you know, even more encouraging than like explaining it to you, which is also fine, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but just having you already know that and knowing that like, yeah, you had gone out of your way to, to learn and to be able to understand Mm -hmm. what was going to be happening Mm -hmm. was, I was just really, really valuable. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then last but not least for this episode, and then we're going to do part two next week. Yeah. um, My last piece of advice is that, there is a beautiful life to be lived in the midst of infertility. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that to mm-hmm. take away at all from the pain and the grief, um, because it's very real. And I I think that it's an and, not a but. It's not like infertility is hard, but to just be thankful for the things you have. Yeah. It's infertility is really, really hard. And mm-hmm. you can also find joy and beauty in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And that is another piece of advice that really has been the most valuable. One of the most valuable things also that I've gotten from someone else is just to realize that there is beauty, there is life, and there is hope to be found even in the midst of something that is you know really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think just finding those moments and appreciating those moments even if they're so brief and even if they come right in the middle of really hard days on either side of them, mm-hmm. that it is there and that you can still have, have those moments and have a beautiful life and, you know, even in the midst of it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're very glad that we got this opportunity, this podcast, that it's cool to have this opportunity to talk about this mm-hmm. and to have this platform through the internet and to be able to communicate all this stuff with everybody. Um, we hope that one of these things uh, or all of these things might uh, be applied and, and might help you if you're going through infertility. Uh, it is it is hard. It is beautiful, like you said. It is um, challenging. It is a journey. Yeah. And so we'll be talking about uh, more things 
within the trenches uh, next week. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be our last time talking about this. For this, a while. For a while. Yeah. Not like ever. <laughs> Not ever. But uh, like you said, Savannah, and, uh, this is our story. Mm-hmm. This is from now on. Like This is something that we'll carry on and, and talk about yeah. with people. So I would hope that at least someone will find this useful. And um, mm-hmm. and also, if you're not dealing with this um, situation, like you're still an advocate. Yeah, thanks for it, listening. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so you know now, if you're not dealing with infertility, now you know. Yeah. And so you could pass along some stuff, maybe to, to some people. And so thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, you could give us a five-star rating there. And that, that will show us some that you love us, <laughs> that you love this podcast, <laughs> yeah. this episode. If you're listening to us through another application, through another app, then you can give us a shout out through your social media. Mm-hmm. That'll be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. And as Indy Wilson says, you have the creator God's full attention, as much attention as he ever gave Napoleon or Churchill or even Moses or billions of others who lived and died unknown or a grain of sand or one spike on one snowflake. You are spoken, you are seen. It is your turn to participate in creation. Like a kindergartner shoved out from behind the curtain during his first play, you might not know which scene you are in or what comes next, but God is far less patronizing than we are. You are his art, and he has no trouble stooping. You can even ask him for your lines. See See you you next next time. time. By the way, this whole time I could just see one of your eyes because which one? This, <laughs> the one on your right. No, you're right. My right. My you're, left. Your left. Yeah, again, because you have the blanket over you, so I could just see one eye, one of your eyes. Can you tell if I'm winking or not? No. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, just stare at me and then tell me when I when I'm winking. Okay. Okay. Oh, you did it. <laughs> I'm really bad at winking. So. Yeah. Ready? Am I winking now? No. You're blinking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every, tell me if it's a wink or a blink. Ready? Okay. That's a blink. That's a that's a that's a wink. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs>